This podcast is brought to you by GoMoto, the service lane kiosk that grows your business. Want to increase revenue, improve the customer experience, and maximize service efficiency? Visit GoMoto.com to learn more. G-O-M-O-T-O.com. Hi, everyone, and welcome to Daily Drive. I'm Steve Smith with Automotive News. This morning, J.D. Power released the results of its annual U.S. Vehicle Dependability Study, an annual survey of consumers across America who are the original owners of three-year-old vehicles. This year's study measured 2018 model year vehicles, and according to Dave Sargent, Vice President of Global Automotive at J.D. Power, vehicle quality and dependability are at an all-time high. He says consumers who were surveyed between July and November of 2020 reported fewer problems during the last 12 months across 177 specific problem areas grouped into eight major vehicle categories. The result? An industry average of 121 problems per vehicle, the lowest in the study's history, a 10% improvement from 2020, and a much greater rate of improvement than the past two years. Yet, there are areas of improvement automakers need to consider. For example, audio, communication, entertainment, and navigation. Often a significant problem area for consumers saw only marginal improvements and remains the category with the most problems reported. Cars, again, are the most dependable segment compared with trucks and SUVs, but Sargent is quick to point out that trucks and SUVs are used much differently by consumers than cars, and that increased wear and tear naturally results in lower scores. He also says that looking into the future, it will be interesting to watch how electrification impacts scores, but it likely won't be around the powertrain noting Tesla being in the study for the first time and the problems consumers reported not being related to the automaker's battery technology. What else did this year's J.D. Power dependability study reveal? Which brands and models lead this year's rankings? We've reached J.D. Power Vice President of Global Automotive, Dave Sargent, in California. Dave, thank you for joining me today on Daily Drive. How are you? I'm well, thanks. Very well. Thank you again for for joining us. So 2021 J.D. Power Annual Dependability Study. Why don't you tell our listeners what the study measures and some of the headlines coming out of this year's effort? Sure. So this is a study um, that we've done for more than 30 years now. Um, And this year we are measuring the 2018 model year vehicles. So we're surveying consumers um, approximately three years after they um, initially bought their vehicle or leased their vehicle. And we're asking them about what problems they have experienced with their vehicle in the last 12 months. And those problems can range from you know, anything from you know, engine and transmission problems through to issues with the infotainment system, uh, with the interior of the vehicle, the exterior of the vehicle. So all across the vehicle. And it will be a combination of you know, things that have actually gone wrong, so something is broken or is worn out, along with things which are infuriating for the customer. And, and those things may have been infuriating since day one, but you know, after three years of ownership, they may still be very frustrated or confused by some of the technology on their vehicle, and that would also count as a problem. And you know, three years of ownership is, is pretty critical because that's the point that a lot of consumers are thinking about their next vehicle. Um, and, it, you know, the study shows time and time again that 
consumers who report more problems are much less likely to stick with the same brand of vehicle next time, which is yeah, somewhat obvious. If you have a, a lot of problems, you're going to look around at other brands of vehicle and see if you can find something better. So it, it is a critical measure both for um, the automakers um, to understand how consumers are feeling about the vehicles, but also for consumers themselves. So what are some of the key findings from the 2021 study? So overall, the industry performed um, very well this year. We saw about a 10% reduction in problems reported from last year. Um, most years, the industry improves, but 10% is a pretty healthy um, improvement. So there's no question that the 2018 model year um, is the best we've ever measured in the study. So vehicles are getting more and more reliable. Um, so the industry is doing a, a fantastic job. Um, now, you know, not all OEMs are, are improving at the same rate, um, but generally speaking, the majority of automakers uh, delivered a pretty good level of quality on the 2018 model year. So the improvement this year was helped um, somewhat by the fact that for the last 12 months, a lot of consumers have not been driving their vehicles very much. And you know, obviously, the, the less you drive your vehicle, the fewer problems you're likely to have. And so about a third of that improvement um, can really be attributed to the fact that consumers are driving less. But then the other two thirds, which is still a very healthy improvement rate, is real year over year improvement. So Overall, it's a, it's a really pretty strong report card for the industry. So do you forecast, right? I believe that consumers were measured July through November of 2020. And, and it is an important point. I'm glad you brought it up is this less driving in the U.S. And, and at the back half of the year because of COVID. When you look ahead to the next year, do you anticipate a similar bounce with as miles continue to uh, you know, they're ramping up, but I don't think they're at a level of where they were pre-pandemic. Yeah, I think this will continue for a while yet. Um, yeah, it's just a simple you know, math that the, the less people drive, the fewer problems I'll have with their vehicles. So, so yes, I think this will continue for a while. I mean, hopefully, you know, pretty soon we'll all be back to driving as much as we, we were, although I think for some people that's just not going <laughs> to happen um, as people, you know, work more from home and, and probably just travel less. Um, so yes, I do think this will will continue for for a while. And so, you know, what's really more important is the sort of relative performance of the different um, vehicles as opposed to necessarily the sort of the overall industry's performance. Although, you know, I have to say that even if we um, excluded this effect of, of fewer miles being driven, um, it's still pretty clear that quality has improved over the last 12 months. No question. No question. One of the things that struck me in the materials um, that I read before today's conversation was this notion that trucks and SUVs appear to be falling short in terms of dependability when compared to sedans, cars, etc., can you talk a little bit about the differences between the two segments and what perhaps you feel is driving that difference in dependability? Yeah, and, and this has been the case for, for quite a while. Um, in fact, it's, it's really always been the case. Um, I think part of it is that, that trucks and SUVs tend to have a tougher life than, than sedans. Um, 
you know, they're used for more different things. They're more likely to be taken off road. They're more likely to have a bunch of people inside, um, you know, and people, you know, piling a lot of gear into them. Whereas sedans tend to probably have a somewhat easier life. Um, so that's a, that's a big part of it. Um, is just the way that they're they're used. Um, also, it's it's slightly more difficult to build a, an SUV um, than a than a sedan in terms of just the the rigidity of the of the vehicle. Um, and so I think that that's a part of it too. Um, so yeah, the differences are not huge, um, and and I certainly wouldn't discourage somebody from buying an SUV or a truck because of these differences. But you know, they're they're noticeable. It's about a ten percent difference. But yeah, you know, in the big scheme of things, um, if somebody wants a truck or an SUV, they certainly should go ahead and and get one and not worry about the dependability because you know the the quality of those products have, has improved um, dramatically also and. Yeah, we're also seeing obviously a a pretty significant blurring between cars and crossovers. Um, with you know a lot of vehicles uh, are technically uh, trucks or crossovers, but are really more like cars. Um, and so, yeah, the the differences are there, but they are not they're not dramatic. So again, I wouldn't shy away from buying a truck or an SUV because of this. So I want to get into some of the brands and some of the models a little bit later in the conversation. But one of the other things that struck me, and to your point, that quality is in vehicles is the best it's ever been within the industry. All eight categories seem to have improved this year. Um, can you talk about that? And can you talk about perhaps some areas of these attic, of these categories that you're watching more closely as as the future? as as we uh you know watching in the future yeah so yes um it's it's somewhat unusual for all eight categories to improve all in the same year um again this is i think a little bit due to the to the lower mileage um but we saw the biggest improvement in exterior so you know body panels paint wind noise road noise um saw some significant improvement in terms of the areas that we um, you know, there are some challenges still. Firstly, infotainment. It was by far the area that improved the least. It was pretty much flat year over year, just a very marginal improvement. And, you know, some of these systems are still causing um, significant problems for consumers, whether it be voice recognition, um, navigation systems, Bluetooth pairing, um, the use of Apple CarPlay or Android Auto. All of these things for some consumers are still um pretty frustrating and you know what we see is that you know over the life of the vehicle the consumer's lifestyle can change in particular they may get a new phone um which doesn't pair as well with the vehicle as the phone they had when they initially bought the vehicle so you know a lot of dealers will pair the phone and get everything set up for the consumer but if the consumer subsequently changes their phone um that can sometimes bring um some challenges and then if you have you know, multiple people using the vehicle that have different phones, you know, we see a lot of frustration with with you know the vehicle not recognizing the phone as an example. So that's that's one area that is continuing to cause uh, great frustration for consumers. And then the other area that we're, we're starting to see an uptick in problems, and this will no doubt continue, is in driver assistance systems. 
So if we think about you know, lane departure warning or lane keep assist or forward collision warnings or blind spot detections, all of these systems are becoming more and more prevalent on vehicles. And therefore, the likelihood of consumers experiencing problems with them is, is going up. Um, yeah, not to say that these systems aren't performing for the most part pretty well, but um, yeah, by definition, the more people who, who have these systems, the more likely they are to to experience problems. And yeah, we see a lot of frustration with consumers around these systems not working consistently in the consumer's mind, or or working too, in a sense, working too well. Yeah, the consumer is saying, well, the collision warning keeps going off and I'm driving perfectly safely and there's absolutely no chance I'm going to have a collision and suddenly the, the vehicle sets off all these warnings and and even in some cases slams on brakes which consumers find pretty unnerving um, so there's there's work for the industry to do both in terms of refining these systems so they work the way that consumers want them to but also in educating consumers to to know what they should and shouldn't expect these systems to be able to do We'll be right back with more of my conversation with Dave Sargent, Vice President of Global Automotive at J.D. Power. Your service check-in process sets the tone for your customer's entire visit. Do your customers wait longer than five minutes to check in for service? Are your advisors presenting upsells to every customer every time? How often is the opportunity for trade appraisals missed? When your service drive gets busy, these inefficiencies directly impact revenue. Give your customers the option to handle the entire check-in process themselves. From appointment scheduling through final confirmation, all in under two minutes. Customers have the experience they want while selling themselves, which means your advisors are freed up to focus on profit-producing activities. It's a win-win for both CSI and your revenue. Introducing a smarter service lane. GoMoto is the self-service kiosk designed to grow your business. If you're ready to start increasing revenue, improving the customer experience, and maximizing service efficiency today, visit GoMoto.com. That's G-O-M-O-T-O.com. I'm curious, in the engine and transmission category, on the heels of GM's announcement of their electrification strategy, this week in automotive news, we're reporting similar announcements from Jaguar, Ford's announcement that it plans to go fully electric in Europe. Do you anticipate or are you watching these dependability issues when it comes to electrified powertrains and this growth of the number of electric vehicle models that we forecast or that are forecasted to be on the road in the coming years? Yes. Um, and for the most part, um, electric vehicles have fewer powertrain problems than um, traditional you know, internal combustion engine vehicles. You know, I think Tesla is the, obviously the best example here, although Tesla overall does not perform especially well in the study, what's critical to understand is that it's not the um, propulsion system that's that's the issue. Um, actually, their level of problems with their propulsion system is significantly lower than the average of internal combustion engine vehicles. You know, it's, there's just less to go wrong. So we don't see many complaints around batteries um, in EVs or around the, the motors themselves. 
Um, so I think for the for the industry and for consumers, um, you know, there's a positive story here that it is highly likely um, that as the industry electrifies, um, quality should continue to improve. You know, particularly in this in this area. Now it it, it can also lead to to different types of problems. You know, consumers having problems potentially charging their vehicles, um, the fact that these vehicles are so quiet, uh, consumers will notice, you know, additional road noise or wind noise or squeaks and rattles in the vehicle. Um, some uh, manufacturers who have EVs or plug-in hybrids um, have had greater problems with the infotainment system because there's more going on on the screen for the most part, um, you know, greater demand on the on the infotainment system because it also has to display all of the you know the, the EV uh, activity or the hybrid activity, and so we have seen some instances where EVs have um, additional problems in what would seem to be unrelated areas. Um, so it's it's a balance, but I think overall electrification should improve the dependability of vehicles in the long term. So let's change gears and focus a little bit on the brands and the models. Um, talk to us a little bit about the highest ranked brands coming out of this year's study and perhaps some some perspective as to why those brands are ranking higher. Right. So the the overall top ranked brand this year is Lexus. Um, this is not a surprise to anybody, I think. Um, Lexus has been ranked number one for nine out of the last 10 years um, and for the great majority of the years that Lexus has been in the study, uh, which is pretty much since the beginning, they have been the top ranked brand. Um, and this is just simply you know, dedication to dependability um, and you know, just a huge amount of effort put in by, by Toyota to ensure the dependability of their the vehicles, I mean, Toyota brand itself is fourth, um, so also is a is a really strong performer. Um, the second rank second ranked brand is Porsche. Um, again, not a great surprise. This has been a company that has performed extremely well for dependability um, for many many years. Um, the Porsche 911 is the highest ranked vehicle in the entire study in terms of you know fewest problems. Um, Helped slightly by the fact that you know people don't tend to drive these vehicles maybe as far as they do. Um, you know, if they had a, a you know more sort of you know workhorse vehicle, but but most of the Porsche lineup these days is is SUVs. It's the Cayenne and the Macan, and you know they get used a lot. So that's not really the reason that Porsche does so well. Um, I think the the biggest story is Kia. So Kia has performed extremely well in our initial quality studies for a number of years now. It's been the top-ranked mass-market brand for um, about six years now in our initial quality study, and this year I made it to the top um, amongst all mass-market brands in the longer-term dependability study. So that, you know this was this was coming. It's it's not a huge surprise. They did make a, a big leap this year and just got ahead of Toyota, you know, just marginally ahead of Toyota. Um, so Kia did did very well too. Um, some GM brands did well. So Buick and Cadillac 
are tied for fifth. Uh, Kia's sister brand Hyundai uh, performed well in seventh, and then Genesis was was eighth. Um, so um, yeah, th- those are the brands which really put in the the, the strongest um, performance this year. Well, the Korean brand seemed to be pulling away from the Japanese brand overall. I think it was a 19-point gap this this year. You know, the Korean OEMs really seem to be making some moves. They are. Um, yeah, again, we've seen this um, yeah, over quite a few years now um, where the Korean brands, yeah, maybe 10 years ago, were not performing particularly well in the dependability study, but they've made massive improvements. And, and in particular... Um, the types of problems I was talking about in terms of frustrations with the vehicle not working the way the consumer wanted to, that is something that the Koreans have performed extremely well at for a number of years now in terms of understanding what U.S. consumers want from a vehicle and then delivering on those exact expectations. And then at the same time, the fundamental dependability of these vehicles has also improved um, you know, in leaps and bounds. Um, and so that is a really strong um, combination of of performance. So, so yes, yeah, so those brands collectively are pretty much at the same level as as Toyota now um, as a corporation. So, yeah, Toyota is still ahead of the other Japanese manufacturers in terms of dependability. Um, so, yeah, so the Koreans are are really pretty much on a par with with Toyota now and ahead of most other corporations. Let's talk about the Detroit Three. Um, mm-hmm. In your rankings, Chevrolet, you know, seems to be the the winner of the Detroit Three in a lot of categories. Uh, not only in terms of number of segments, Chevrolet has won. General Motors overall won four segments. Cadillac, Buick, as you've already talked about. No mentions of Ford or uh, Stellantis now. Um, you know, uh, formerly FCA and, and the and the brands and models under there. What is what's GM doing that perhaps the others aren't, and where are maybe some bright spots for the other Detroit Three? Sure. So, um, yeah. So GM has performed well um, in all of our quality studies for a number of years now. Um, again, a lot of it is just a a strong understanding of what consumers want from their vehicle and and delivering on that. Um, I think for um, for Ford, um, you know, Lincoln performed very well this year. They were ninth overall. Um, Ford slipped back a little bit this year. Um, a few problems on on a couple of vehicles, but most of their vehicles did show year-over-year improvement. So I don't think this is a um, an issue across the Ford lineup. Um, they had a few specific issues on specific vehicles, which are well understood. And in some of our more recent studies, um, you know, I think things are looking um, better for Ford. So I, I doubt Ford will be, um, you know, where they are for for long. For the Stellantis brands, they all showed really pretty strong improvement. Um, and um, you know, a few years ago, I remember that the Stellantis brands were, were pretty much at the bottom in the study. And now, you know, we see uh, a much better performance. They actually are, are improving faster than either Ford or GM um, and are you know, really catching up. So, yeah, we have Ram and Dodge, which are, you know, pretty much at the industry average, just a, a couple of points below the average. Um, Jeep showed some very good improvement. 
this year as did Chrysler. So um, yeah, these changes don't happen overnight. This is a lot of hard work that's been put in over many years by these companies. And you know, it's really starting to to bear fruit now. But you know, it, it takes time to yeah, you know, to get to the top of the rankings. But certainly um I would say all three domestics are in a you know a pretty good position in terms of yeah you know, when we look ahead um yeah when we looked at the 2020 model year um in our initial quality study in the summer um yeah some of the Stellantis brands did extremely well um Dodge and and Ram in particular so I think there are bright spots for all of the all of the domestics but you know like any companies you know they have to to keep at it um and you know can't afford any slip ups one of the challenges that domestics have is that the perception of their quality is still not as good as the reality and it it takes quite a long time for the perception to catch up so they have to actually overperform in terms of actual dependability to get the credit that they deserve from from consumers um and so, you know, they, they, they understand this and they're all working, you know, feverishly to, to achieve that. Dave, thank you for spending some time with me today on Daily Drive and sharing the results of the 2021 vehicle dependability study. Appreciate you sharing your insights with us today. Absolutely. Happy to do it. That's Daily Drive. For breaking news, go to autonews.com. And to catch up on all of our episodes of Daily Drive, go to autonews.com forward slash daily drive. As always, thanks for listening. We'll be back tomorrow.